the volume. Moneyline Monaco is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. Hey, welcome back. It's hump day, Wednesday in the neighborhood, and it's time to play musical fan duel gambling chairs. We've been all in on football, and we will be discussing NFL futures. Come on. We got the draft coming up. We got a lot of things to dance on as several notable quarterbacks, in my humble opinion, will be shuffled around. But we're going to go a little Wedding Crashers, hot route, hot route, Red 7. I don't even know what Red 7 means. Don't worry about it. It's time to go NBA. Vince Vaughn, the Owen Wilson, over the middle, Bradley Cooper, catch up with me. We're getting funky with it. And the NBA is not a NFL Sportsbook Lounge to Larry Lampin. This is arguably the exact opposite. The moment you think you're putting your feet up, I'm about to give you a few statistics on overall where the NBA is. We're going to ease into this, as Costanza would say, like an old man into a tub. We'll say a hot tub, because that's a... B minus visual at best. I got to give you the lay of the land. This episode, we're going to be looking at where we're at in the NBA season. I do want to fire on one particular futures. That is NBA rookie of the year. We got to discuss it because we're talking about in LaMelo ball, one of the most electric and largest social media basketball stars. In all the Lithuania land, baby. So we'll get to that later. And when I burst your gambling bubble and go over who against the spread is at the top of the list or towards the top versus who's at the top of the NBA standings. I mean, I don't want to say roll down your window if you're listening in case you Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber, but it's not fun. To digest. But we begin the NBA conversation with where the standings are right now. And I'm about ready. I'm about ready to lose my mind. As we're over a quarter of the way through this shortened season, bear in mind, this season is not 82 games. It's in the 70s, low 70s, 72. How you doing? We're doing okay. We're sweating. Coffee sweats. Because your Utah Jazz, pending when this hits your ears, are sitting there first in your COVID round two NBA, but non-bubble boy NBA. The Utah Jazz right now are almost an 800 win percentage atop all standings. Right behind them, 
In the West, your LA defending champion Lakers. We're going to discuss what those futures look like to win the West, how the Nets look in the win the East, of course. You know, we know how the NBA goes. It's not a scope of an NFL. Well, there could be about 10, 14 teams, although it's a quarterback league. That statement, any given Sunday, is all too real in basketball. We can eliminate more than half the league going to the NBA Finals. Already, already, we can eliminate that. I mean, a kid can dream, but I'm already looking at the fan duel odds right now. It's a four-horse race, as far, as far as I'm concerned, with a splash of your wild card, and it ain't a Tampa Bay Bucks kind of wild card. It's like, okay, you really think the Jazz right now are going to win the West just because out the gate they're in first? I'm looking at the West odds as we speak. I'll give them to you before we go over the standings. The Lakers are still your favorite at plus 110. The Jazz are actually third to the Clippers at plus 270. The Jazz are sitting there at plus 650. So if you're all over there, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, thou, congratulations. Go, go cash your six and a half to one. I don't see them winning the West. Okay? Finishing atop the West is a different conversation. Beating LeBron James, who literally I've aged a decade since he's missed a finals. Yeah. Enjoy that. Enjoy fading that. But back to the standing. So it's Lakers second, it's Clippers third in the West, 17 and 8 as we speak. Again, Wednesday, subjects to change. Then you got the Suns, the Spurs, Portland, Sacramento, and your Super Bowl hangover team of the West, Denver Nuggets, barely hanging in there. And on the outside looking in, I can't believe I'm telling you, but the Dallas Mavericks, who had, by the way, FanDuel, as well as, as well as any other book, had your boy Luca at the top of winning your MVP for the season. Right now, LeBron is your leader at MVP. I can't believe that when I go into statistics. At plus 280, LeBron is leading. Nikola is plus 440. Embiid plus 550. Durant plus 750. And then Luca, who was your favorite preseason is plus 750 tie with Durant at MVP. And then looking back at the East here behind your Doc Rivers, Philly Sixers, 17 and seven at the moment, you got the Bucks, then the Nets, then the Celtics, the Pacers. And I can't believe I'm telling you this, but the Charlotte Hornets, which is a gorgeous segue into LaMelo conversation and a tickle are sitting there in the playoffs just shy of 500 coming off back-to-back W's and a LaMelo ball career high and a franchise tying seven threes. Goodness gracious. But when you're looking at the NBA right now, so those are your top teams record-wise. Now let's look at How's everybody doing, statistically speaking? Let's go teams, because the teams, look, we're going to be doing player props on this podcast, of course. We're going to be doing futures. 
of course we're going to be firing on games. So I got to give you a little bit of an idea. And when it comes to the NBA, I have a couple of theories. I'll get to them at the end. Everybody kind of does have an NBA theory of how to bet it um, because nobody's Call of Duty safe, man. I mean, there's nothing else to say other than no one is safe. If your OKC Thunder are covering on a Monday Super Bowl hangover night against the Lakers and having to go to overtime because Alexander's getting fouled with one second left and the Lakers are up three and you go to overtime and that's the difference between the over hitting or the under hitting. I mean, that's disgusting. That's past a Scotty Van Bad beat. That's like you got to tell your girlfriend you can't cuddle because KCP made a mind-numbing decision about as mind-numbing as Draymond hooking up a half quarter with Steph going the passive-aggressive route, chewing on his pacifier, a.k.a. mouth guard, instead of getting the ball to him and getting it in. Spurs win. Monday night at Dish. I mean, it's just, that's your NBA for you right now. There's no fans. So if you're one of those Pacers, Jazz are one, Celtics are one, Thunder are one, don't want to disrespect any phenomenal fan bases out there, but I have an inkling, and it's one of my theories, like the Bucks have dropped off tremendously since they stopped having a crowd. There is such a thing as home court, and you have to think about the NBA a little bit differently when you gamble, because these guys are egomaniacs, they're all the stars, you have to think about the shield in the NFL's the no one's bigger than the shield except for a couple couple quarterbacks you could say you think about before you think about the NFL shield. When it comes to the NBA, dude, Harden fakes being festively plump all of a sudden he's in the Eastern Conference. It's like whatever you want to call that, the hand all right, if this was a relationship, it leans towards the NBA star over our NFL culture. Look at Deshaun Watson. He's trying his best to get on his Harden. There is no fake and fat, okay? And I mean, no disrespect, but Harden hustled everyone like a flute. So I actually want to start with points per game. It makes most sense. And the Nets do have the best offense of the league. They're averaging 121.5 points per game and their first in field goal percentage. That's impressive. Uh, equally as impressive, they're fifth in assists at 28.1. Because if you're thinking about the three amigos, and this is going to be an ongoing storyline, baby, an ongoing storyline. Call them the three stooges. You can call them Ross, Chandler, Joey, pick a trio. I don't care. Three musketeers, the hipsters of Brooklyn, skinny jeans, sage burning, and beard growing trio. Pick one. That was off the dome, baby. Oh, it wasn't even funny. It was just off the dome. You know, pick one. It's going to be a catastrophe. I'm not firing personally until I figure out who the heck the alpha is on the team. I still think they're figuring out how to play with each other. We're too early to fire. It's hysterical how fragile these three guys are. I mean, Kyrie's getting mad at a social media star for fake burning sage for a skit. I mean, dude, can we not take a joke? Obviously, we respect the practice. I'm seven years into daily meditation over here. How do you think we visualize this gig? Just kidding. All right. The Lakers, since we're talking about the West and the East here in this conversation and really just giving you the overall scope, they're 113.1 points a game to the Nets, 121.5. And that's a difference in first and 14th. 
in the NBA this season. So that difference in points, a little less than eight. 14th. Lakers, though, third in field goal percentage. And they're 13th in assists at 25.1 per game. So a drop-off from 5th to 13th on just three assists uh, for your COVID NBA here. I find how many three-pointers, actually, of all of these stats to be the most compelling because it doesn't add up. And if you think about how we were just talking about this week, it's a copycat league. Everyone's going to try to find their Brady for next year and go to chips all in, or at least more so than the previous because of what he did. It's like, okay, everyone's going to try to copy the Warriors. We're going to try to get those three-pointers. Well, here you go. Shaq would love to hear this. Big man, baby. Although the Jazz are first in record and first in three-pointers at 17, your second and third, they don't make sense. It's actually almost working against them, you could argue. Because the Blazers have the second most three-pointers per game. And they're sitting there right now barely over 500. I mean, they've had a very, I mean, they dealt with a lot of injuries. They've had a very rough start without CJ half the time over there. And the Raptors are third, also with 16 three-pointers made. And the Raptors are under 500. So you have two teams right around 500 as two of your top three most three-pointing shooting teams in the league. Now, the Bucks are next, and then the Nets are fifth. at Bucks at 15.4, Nets at 14.8. The Lakers, and this is like the LeBron, it happens every year situation. Does he have enough three-point supporting help? Here we are again. The Lakers are 24th. 11.3 three-pointers a game. Almost six less than the Jazz. You start to do that. Six times three is 18. I mean, that's not comforting. It's actually impressive, though, when you're looking at overall points per game, that the Lakers are really where they are based off the three-pointers made. And then on a rebounding scope, the Jazz are also first. 49.5 49.5 rebounds per game. Bucks makes sec makes a lot of sense. Bucks at second makes a lot of sense. Lakers seventh. Nets eleventh in boards. The Lakers are seventh in boards at 45.8. Nets are eleventh. Then when it comes to not turning the ball over, Lakers 23rd least turnovers, Brooklyn 26th, that's good for a LeBron team. Lakers, interestingly enough, are second in blocks, Nets are fourth, Sixers have the most blocks in the league, Lakers 18th in steals, Brooklyn 28th in steals, and last stat for you, so I don't overwhelm you, on an overall team statistical basis defensively, the Knicks are the Tommy Tibbs best defensive team in the league at the moment, 104.1 points per game. Lakers, second in overall, 104.9. Of course, all subject to change by the day. And the Nets, here's where we start to do a little digging. Second to last, defensively. 
29th giving up 118.2 points per game. How's those over-unders looking on your nightly Nets? Your neighborhood Nets basis, baby. You don't call them your neighborhood Nets. Best offense in the league, 121.5 points per game. And these boys are giving up 118.2. One three-pointer. We look at the list. Their fifth and three-pointers is only your difference in points for for points against. Wow. Now, if you want to package the Nets and the Lakers because you're convinced that's your NBA Finals, here's what we're looking at. On FanDuel, to win the East at the moment, the Nets are plus 165. Now, they're going to catch a stride where they get a string of wins. And they haven't caught that serious stride yet in large part because all three of them on the court hasn't happened a ton. We got the KD burner account on Twitter going ballistic. So this Nets plus 165, you got the Bucks plus 260, the Sixers plus 600, the Celtics plus 750. Those are your odds at the moment. Futures to win the East. If you're of the belief that the Nets will find a way to get it right eventually, if you want to nibble sooner rather than later, I don't know if we're going to stare at plus 165 on FanDuel for that much longer. I'll get to how fast FanDuel odds can move in a second. I cannot believe it when I do tell you what happened. And then in your West... The Lakers are plus 110, so that's just above even money. Pretty much a tick over 100 to win 100 if you're putting a Benji down. The Clippers are plus 270. The Jazz, just to give you an idea, plus 650, I told you that earlier, of where they're at. Nuggets, for what it's worth. If you're a Denver homer, remember, that was the team. They got all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Everyone got excited thinking they were going to beat the Lakers. Plus 1,200. Plus 1,200 to win the West. And then overall scope at the moment, a little bit over a quarter past the NBA season. FanDuel Wads, NBA ship. Lakers plus 250. Two and a half to one times your money. Nets plus 440. Clippers plus 500, Bucks plus 700. Let that Giannis championship ship hopes dwindle, baby. It ain't happening this year. The Drew Holiday trade is not settling in gorgeously. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in-play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA InPlay turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcomes of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA InPlay. So the action is always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. 
The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA in play is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA in play today. All right. We must pivot to rookie of the year. I have to. I find it riveting. Riveting. Not just because there's two brothers in the league. By the way, side note, Lonzo Ball, trade speculation, still looming. If you're out there poking around on Lonzo Ball, will he be dealt before? Will he be Johnny Stockton before the trade deadline? Right now, the book's telling you the Chicago Bulls if he goes anywhere. Get this man to Charlotte. Gosh darn it. So the Hornets, who had an off night Tuesday, came off a W against the Rockets in which they had a 22-1 run. That was well into the fourth. And the Rockets scored just seven points in the fourth quarter. That is some serious defense. 29-7 the Hornets outscored of 119-94 Monday night. So aside from the incredible run, that game, LaMelo Ball, what he did, he literally shifted fan duel odds. I mean, I, I was going to get to this yesterday. And then I felt compelled to talk Wentz. I was going to tell you the value at LaMelo Ball minus 150 to win Rookie of the Year, which was plus 370, depending what book you shopped at, before the season started. Still the favorite, but plus 370 he was. He was minus 150 before this Rockets game Monday night. Okay, he goes for a career high, hits a franchise tying seven threes. He balls out. 24 points on seven of 18 field goals, seven boards, 10 dimes. The odds in one fan duel night of sleep. I go to sleep, I wake up a cup of coffee later, and this guy's minus 280? Minus 280. That's not good. That's not good. Because minus 280 and minus 150, that's the difference. And should I marinate? Should I not marinate on firing? Just to give you an idea where he is. 14.2 points per game. 69th in the league. 19th amongst all point guards. LaMelo. 6.2. Danny Dimes. 17th in the league. 10th amongst all point guards. 5.9 boards, 61st in the league, 4th amongst all point guards. 1.4 steals. The man has only started 5 games. 5. If the playoffs ended today, the Hornets would be back in the tournament, and that tournament is the postseason one for the first time since 2015-2016. So when you're evaluating 
rookie of the year because next up at the moment is Halliburton by way of Iowa State playing tremendously for the Kings. Love that he's 29th in the league, 5.4 assists a game. Love it. But Halliburton is plus 550. So FanDuel's telling you, minus 280 for LaMelo, plus 550. Look at that from an odds perspective. That is like a football field and a half head start. You have to ask yourself, is anyone going to catch LaMelo ball? Is anybody going to catch him? The only people even on the list, you could say maybe Wiseman, maybe, maybe, maybe. And that would be contingent on the Warriors making the playoffs. That would be contingent on him going absolutely ballistic. I just don't see Halliburton getting the PT and the rock enough unless knock on wood, you know, Fox goes down or some sort of spiel. I mean, look, Graham went down and Rozier's been in and out a little bit for the Hornets. So the PT for LaMelo, it's like he got the opportunity, he rose to the occasion, and now he's not looking back, neither are the Hornets because they're winning when he's playing more. So on the other two occasions, it's like the best shot there if you're going to go field I guess you go Wiseman because you start to go Anthony Edwards and on down the list. It's like no one's even competitive on on who you would fade Mello. It's just fascinating. I, I, I just think LaMelo Ball, I mean, he's got this incredible instinctual ability. It's like Romo-esque. He just finds a way when he dribbles to just, he sees the field like a quarterback. I mean, the guy is not an athlete. He's 6'7", but he's not Anthony Edwards. He's not dunking on you with his junk on your forehead, making you feel bad about yourself at night. He's just Romo instincts, his ability to feel on the court, to credit to LeVar, to credit to being a younger sibling. You know, don't want to call this a Serena Venus situation. No disrespect to Lonzo, but we're already looking at LaMelo being better than Lonzo. And he's not even halfway through his first season. I mean, if you're telling me right now, who do you want on your team? LaMelo ball or Lonzo ball? I think a lot of people are going to go LaMelo. I would. And I like Lonzo ball. I hope he finds his way back to the Lakers. So if you do want to fire on these odds, now I do think because they do fluctuate, I think there's a little bit of a popularity contest. I did take the liberty of looking at a breakdown of who your last 10 NBA Rookie of the Years were. I mean, you can't call it a complete popularity contest. Otherwise, Zion would have edged out jaw last year. Uh, Luka won it the previous, then Ben Simmons, then Malcolm Brogdon, then Carl Anthony Towns, Wiggins, Michael Carter-Williams, Damian, Dame Time, Lillard, then Kyrie, then Blake. So there's a lot of stars on that list. Don't get me wrong. But if you're going to have a Brogdon on there and then Jaw wins over Zion, it's not a complete, and Mark, Michael Carter-Williams too, it's not a complete popularity contest. Now, I think when it comes to this, I think it plays a factor. I think we'd be kidding ourselves if there's not a little bit of influence because a lot of Lamella was hype. I mean, this guy's been playing pro ball via Lithuania Australia, I mean, pick a country that guys put up a triple-double in, is so it seems. So he's obviously coming out the gate with a head start. It's the benefit of being the little brother and having someone else in the league. It does everything for your mindset and your game. And this is a game, largely, we all play pickup at the Y, at least me. Uh, it's a game of confidence. 
And LaMelo Ball seems to have that confidence and that instincts, and the Hornets are picking up on it. Uh, they're picking up what he's putting down, baby. So I think it's something to look at uh, unequivocally when you're looking at your FanDuel futures if, if you're a Rookie of the Year fire on something kind of guy. Minus 150 before the Rockets game, minus 280 after. Oh, Managio. And we're running out of time, so I'll go into it more tomorrow. But when you're looking at who against the spread in this NBA, it's booby trap city, people. So I already gave you who the best teams are standings-wise. Outside of the Utah Jazz, who are actually first at 16-5-1 against the spread, does the rest of this list even make sense? And it fluctuates. It was even more perplexing last week when the Bulls were second, the Thunder were in the top five, as were the Pistons. But it rotates. So right now it's Jazz at 16-5-1. The Suns are 14-8 against the spread. The Hornets are the third best cover in the league, just under 500, 14, 10, and one. Spurs, of course, somehow in there. Fourth best cover, but it makes sense. Well coached, 14 and 10. Clippers, 13 and 11, your fifth best cover at the moment. Then it's the Bulls, the Celtics. And guess who's all the way down the list at the moment? Middle of the pack, or at least 12th and 13th against the spread, the Sixers and the Lakers. Even farther down the list, the Brooklyn Nets. So you look at that and you just, I'm going to go into it more. Nuggets towards the bottom. The Heat talk about pack to the Spirit Airlines middle class or then some. They're the worst cover in the league. 9 and 14, 7, 12 and 1 against the spread pending yesterday's result. Wow. Worse than the Wizards against the spread. So there's two animals at the sports book. We'll go into it more tomorrow and Friday. It's money line and it's against the spread. And they're two different beasts. We'll get to that in detail more tomorrow. On that note, hey, felt good to talk a little hoops, baby. How you doing? You make sure on a Wednesday to hug your mothers. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm out.